Today, I'm going to be talking to you all about influences, what I've learned through my personal experience. So when you think of influences, there's going to be good influences and there's going to be bad influences. And you might not realize this, but there's going to be a battle between these two influences. So a funny way to think about it is like in this movie clip I'm about to show you all. All right, so that's just a funny thing I think of when I think of two influences. So um, obviously the influences in this battle between them aren't going to be as clear as a miniature devil on your shoulder or a miniature angel on your shoulder. But um, another way I'll help you all think about it is I'm going to tell you a story about two boys. So the first boy, we'll call him John, he grew up in a Christian household. His parents were Christian. So they, right off the beginning, wanted him to become a Christian. They put him in a private school that had um, Bible class and all the teachers were Christian. So he grew up with these influences and these examples to look, look up to that were all teaching him about Christ. Because of the school that he was in, he, all of his friends that he made were Christian also. So, and he also went to church and he just hung out with pretty much all Christians. One way you can think of it that I've heard is he was in this Christian bubble. He didn't really know much about the outside world. So this went on for about, I guess all the way through his middle school and he just had all Christian friends. But then he hit high school and he went to a public school and he was in a completely new environment. He had tons of new sins around, sins around him, but he didn't get involved in these things because he was still strong with all these Christian friends. He knew that if he were to try to get involved, involved in these new things, they'd hold him accountable and they'd call him out. And he still had fun with all his friends. He would go to church with them, he would have a small group, and he'd just hang out with them, but they would act in a way honoring to God. So this went on and he stood out from all the other kids because he was acting in a way different than all of them. It was a way honoring to God, but they didn't really get why he was doing that. He just stood out. This was easier for him though because of the people he surrounded himself with, so he wasn't put into those opportunities to slip up. He started to know more and more non-Christians by the classes he was in or through sports, and he became better friends with them. And then one of his good friends, Mark, that he had known pretty much most of his life growing up, grew up at the same Christian school, he thought he was a Christian, he started to hang out with those non-Christians. He started hanging out with the wrong crowd, and he realized that he was not living in a way honoring to God. Now because of John's influences from his parents in that early environment, and his, all of his Christian friends, he was in a good place to call his friend Mark out. So now I'm going to tell you all the story of Mark. Mark, very similar to John, growing up. Christian parents, his parents were members of a good church, grew up going to the church, all Christian friends because he also went to that school, tons of good role models. Because of all this, he never doubted that uh, God existed or that Jesus died for us, but he was lacking a personal relationship with Christ. He had good morals and he was a good person, but Christianity had become more of a routine to him. He would have Bible class at school and at church and he'd pray before meals, but he never spent time with the Lord in his, in his word or just praying to him on his own. He, at this point, he knew God existed, but he probably wasn't a Christian just because that's all he thought. James 2.19 says, you believe, I should come up, but you believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. So you have to do more than just believe he exists. Even if he wasn't a Christian at this time, because of the good environment that he was put in, 
he had tons of Christian friends, and these would end up being a huge impact on his life later on. So then he got into high school. He broke out of that Christian bubble. He saw these new, new sins all around him. They were drinking, partying, smoking, people talking bad about other people, and he wasn't used to this. Because of the morals he had growing up and all of his Christian friends, he knew these things were wrong. He never was tempted to do these things because he knew that that's not what he should be doing. He became better and better friends over the years with these non-Christians through sports and school, and he started to be around them while they're acting in a way non-honoring to Christ. They'd be talking about drinking or partying, and, or he'd be around that stuff, but he still wouldn't do these things because of these morals he had. But being around them started to corrupt his morals. 1 Corinthians 15.30 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. So just being around them rubs off on your morals and starts to corrupt them. So choose who you hang out with because the, even if you're not doing the things that they're doing, it's going to be dangerous. Now what he lacked was that everyday Bible class time. He still had these morals, they were starting to get corrupt, but he didn't get plugged into his church as much. And he stayed like that for about two years or so, and he started getting farther and farther away from his church and his Christian friends. He started making more non-Christian friends and hanging out with them more. He was around partying and drinking a lot more, and even some of his friends that he thought were Christian, they grew up at the same Christian school as him, started to get involved in these things. Because of this, he didn't have those morals as well anymore, and he saw everyone else drinking around him and partying, so he's like, what's really wrong with it? So he started to get involved in those things. He didn't think it was wrong because everyone else was doing it, even some of his so-called Christian friends were doing it. And the more he did this, and the more he hung out with that crowd, the less he realized it was wrong. By involving himself in that crowd, not only did he have new sins, but people around him saw him, and they assumed things about him that a Christian shouldn't do. And they're like, how does he call himself a Christian if he's doing these things? So just involving yourself in that crowd can be dangerous also. This went on for about a year, and he never really realized how it was wrong in God's eyes. He never thought about it that way. He just thought, oh, I'm still a Christian, I still believe God exists, but I, he doesn't really care about these things that much. So he still had Christian friends, and they tried to warn him about these things, but he didn't really listen to them. He didn't take them serious. He just like, okay, yeah, I get that. You don't think what I'm doing is right. Okay. But um, they never gave up on him. When a church conference came around somewhere in the next year, he wanted to be on the leadership team. He was like, okay, that'd be cool. Yeah, I should do leadership. But he didn't realize how hypocritical that was. He didn't realize that he can't lead a small group or be in front of people while he's living that way. So one of his good Christian friends called him out to go to lunch. This was John. So I'm guessing some of y'all might have already guessed that one of these stories is mine. Mine's the story of Mark. And now I'm going to go back and tell y'all a little bit of how I got from that place of a great environment growing up to where I was when my friend called me out. So when I got into high school, like I said, I still had good morals. I was a good person. So when people would talk about drinking, partying, I was like, oh, I would never do that. That's so bad. I don't know how they do that stuff. But then through lacrosse, I was just around it all the time. People would be talking about it nonstop, or I'd even see them doing it. But even from that freshman year, I'd hear them talk about it. I would just kind of zone it out. I'd be like, all right, I'm never going to do that. Yeah, that's just not, don't think about that. But then over the next two years, my sophomore and freshman year, I would hear it so many times that it started to not, I didn't realize how, I didn't think of it as a bad thing anymore. I just thought of it as just something else they were talking about. So that goes back to the whole thing about being around bad company corrupts your morals.
So after my freshman and sophomore year, by junior year, I had pretty much not only non-Christian friends, but a lot of the friends that I hung out with them, the majority of my time were non-Christians. When I hung out with them, they'd be drinking, they'd be partying, they'd be smoking, but I still wouldn't really do that, but I didn't really know why. I just kind of would tell them, no, I don't really want to, and I didn't have a good reason, because I wouldn't, wouldn't say it was because of my faith. So then I started to kind of feel left out, because everyone else is doing this. Like, I guess they're thinking me different because I'm not doing it. It wasn't that they were trying to get me to do it. They would never like ask me to do it, but it was more of I felt left out that the influence started to get to me. So then when I was given the opportunity to drink, I did. I didn't really think of it as wrong. I was just like, okay, now I'm fitting in. Like, this is what everyone else is doing. So that lasted about a year, and I would do it more and more, and I started to hang out with that crowd more and more. The more I do it, the less I thought it was wrong. And then I felt like I could relate to them more because I was doing what they were doing, but I didn't realize that what they were doing was wrong. So this brings me back to the place where my friend called me out. This is the first time that I realized what I was doing was wrong. I kind of had a feeling, but I never really thought about it before. And I had friends kind of tell me, oh, you shouldn't be doing that, but it never really clicked. So this time it really, it just got to me. I was like, okay, you're right. I can't be doing this. I can't be living this way. So from then on, I cut out the drinking, I cut out the partying, and I honestly just stopped hanging out with that crowd. Because what I found out was by surrounding, I started to surround myself with really strong Christian friends. I started to go to church more. I started to get more in church events. I tried to put myself back into that Christian bubble because I knew if I wasn't around those bad things, I wouldn't have the opportunity to slip up. But even though I went back to being a good person with good morals, I was still lacking that personal relationship with Christ. I didn't really think much about it. I thought just knowing he existed, going to church, all those things would be good enough. So then that lasted about halfway through my senior year, and then I had two other really good friends come up to me, and they kind of asked me about my personal relationship with Christ. Like I said, I never really thought about it. This is the first time I thought about it. And I realized I didn't have one. I was like, oh, is that something I need to have? And because of how important they were to me and how I realized I didn't have one, that night I just sat down, I thought about everything. I kind of realized what I've been doing wrong, how I'd not been acting in the way I should, and how I really long for that personal relationship with Christ. I used to think of Jesus more as a truth. I knew he existed, but now I started to think, him, think of him as more of a friend, someone that I could talk to about anything, something that would comfort me in things that I was going through. If it wasn't for my friends being so bold and calling me out, I would have kept on living that way, thinking I'm a Christian, this is okay. So when you surround yourself with godly people, God will bless you with the people to help you through tough times. And he'll reward you for not surrounding yourself with people that will corrupt your morals. Psalms 1.1 says, all right, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, nor st or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. So a true friend is someone that you can, that is just looking out for you. You might not think of it, you might kind of get mad at them for a little bit, because they're like, oh, they're trying to judge you or something, but in reality, they're just looking out for you. They're calling you out because they care about you. So now by no, no longer surrounding, surrounding myself with bad company, I surrounded myself with all Christian friends. I could look to them as examples, and just being around them would help me grow in my faith. Proverbs 13.20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. So one thing I didn't mention earlier is when I got into those new sins, 
There was one of my other friends that I grew up with since I was really young. I knew him my whole life. Went to the same Christian school. We both thought we were Christians, same small group growing up. But we both got into those sins at the same time. We would hang out with the wrong crowd together, and pretty much we just were always around each other. It was at the same time that we realized we should not be living like this. He also wanted to be part of that, of that church conference I talked about. It was actually Gold Rush last year, so that's another thing I love about Gold Rush. It kind of was a uh, tool to help me get out of that stuff. But he also realized at the same time that he can't be living like this. So because we'd gone through all these things together, we could relate to each other better. We knew what each other was going through and what we were thinking. So we started to hold each other accountable. I don't know if y'all know much about accountability, but we were in the same accountability group. It was like pretty much since we were around each other all the time, we would know if another person slipped up. And we knew that if we slipped up, the other person would call you out on it. So just having that accountability was so great because I knew that I couldn't slip up. But if I did at the same time, he could relate to me better. So I could feel safe talking to him about everything. So through this, we really became really good friends. And now I know I can talk to him about anything. As a matter of fact, I'm leading a small group with him this year, and he's my roommate next year in college. So we've just really got a great friendship through that. So if you remember one thing from this, remember to be smart about who you spend your time with. Good influences can be the best tool to help you walk, in the, walk with the Lord, yet bad influences can be one of the devil's most useful tools to help you strengthen the Lord, like I did. Now I know there's gonna be some Johns out there in the room, and some Marks out there, and you're gonna relate to different stories. So for the Johns, remember, don't be afraid to call your friend out. If you truly care about them, it's worth it. You don't want to end up after you die and you're in heaven. One of my friends once told me this story that there's two friends. They both grew up together. One was a really strong Christian from the beginning. One, he wasn't a Christian, but the Christian friend didn't really want to mess up his friendship by trying to share the faith with him. So he went on his whole life and just never really shared the faith with him. So they're sitting there after they both died. They're in two lines. One line you can obviously tell is going to heaven. One line you can obviously tell is going to hell. And the friend that wasn't a Christian, he looks over and he sees his friend that was a Christian. And he goes, oh, I guess you must have had a, um, right before death, you must have realized you became a Christian, like a real uh, sudden right before death. He's like, no, 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 I've been a Christian my whole life. So then he gets really mad at him. He's like, well, if you were a Christian your whole life, why would you not share the faith with me at least sometime while we were friends? And he goes, oh, I, just, I didn't want to mess up our friendship. We were really good friends. I didn't want to risk that. And he's like, I would rather have been mad at you for a lifetime on earth than never be friends with you for the rest of eternity. So don't miss out on an opportunity to share the faith with someone, one of your friends, because it just shows that you care about them. If it wasn't for the John in my life, I don't think I'd be here right now. I would have kept on living how I was, and I wouldn't have had that realization. For the marks out there, really think about who you spend your time with. In my case, it might not have seemed dangerous just to be around those things, but in reality, it's what was the most dangerous. So when you think back to the two stories, what were the influences in their lives? The first one were your parents. Now I know you can't choose your parents, but if you become a parent or when you become a parent, really think about the environment you grow your kids up in because that's gonna be the foundation for the rest of their life. And I can't thank my parents enough for growing me up in that Christian foundation where I had those Christian friends that called me out later on. Next are the friends that you make at a young age. This also, you can't really choose as well because you're, I mean, you're at a young age, you're not really thinking about it. But those are the people that you are going to be around the most. They're going to have the biggest influence on you. 
and hopefully they'll be able to call you out later on. Next, when you're faced with a new environment. I know I'm going to college next year, that's going to be a new environment. Some of y'all might be going to high school next year, that's a new environment. Really think about who you're around. You might just be trying to fit in, or you might be like, oh, that's a cool crowd, I just want to hang out with them. But just being around those bad things, like I've said, can be very dangerous. So bottom line, choose your friends wisely. I know y'all probably heard that saying probably hundreds of times. I know I had growing up, but I never really thought about it. So just think about it, because if I had really thought about it more, I would not have been put in that situation where I slipped up. But not only choose your friends wisely, but be a good friend. Don't be afraid to call them out if they're acting in a way they shouldn't. If my friends hadn't done that, I don't know where I'd be right now. All right, guys, thanks for listening, and let me pray for you all. Dear Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this opportunity to be up here. And I pray that you would really just, anything that I said that you want them to remember, that they would just stick in their hearts and they'd remember it. They know it's from you and not from me. And I pray that you would just really help them think about who they spend their time with and that they would realize these influences on their lives and that they would just surround themselves with godly people that they can look as examples to you and that for the rest of the week that they can show your love and that they can be good influences on everyone else in the community. And when they go back, that they can influence their community too. In Jesus' name, amen.